0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Let's get into the word. The title of my message, this is what fired me up. and I've been fired up. The title of my message is Conflict Resolution. Conflict Resolution. Conflict is a fight. It's a battle. It's war. Come on, conflict. And the word resolution is a process of resolving. It's the act of answering or solving. Listen, it seems in our high-tech culture that we live in, there is a lot of ground clutter and there's a lot of noise uh, is at an all-time high. I, I mean, it's just every, everywhere. There's this, it, it, and listen, the ground clutter is the news. It's the media. It's movies. It's, it's the it's, it's the TV evangelists saying, send me $10 and I'll send you a green prayer cloth or some holy water. It, it, yeah, it's, it's all this stuff that you're looking at. And, and in this culture that we live in, with all this download of information, come on. We're having to process this. Our heads are hooked in our phones and we're having to process 24-hour news cycle and information and ground clutter all the time. Situations and circumstances outside, come on. It's just nonstop. And it seems like we just get no break from it. We get no Rest in the midst of all this that's going on. And it gets hard to process all this information. We wonder why, you know, uh, we, we have no downtime or why we can't sleep or why, come on. It's just always. See, and there's so much outside dialogue. There's all this happening out here that our inner dialogue has to be what God says about who we are, who He is, and what He can do. And when you've got all these outside forces, peer pressure—come on, you got peer pressure, kid. Just—it's all these look this way, do this—and and, and uh, you got all this information you're trying to process. We've got to start teaching that on the inside of us, we've got to start resolving and answering, come on, who God is, who God says we are, and what God can do. Because the world don't want you, all this outside Dialogue going on. They don't want you to see who you really are. See, the word dialogue means an exchange of ideas and opinions, a debate, a back and forth. See, when you have that going on in the, inside of you and it's being influenced out here, it's no wonder why anxiety is at all-time high. It's a wonder why nobody can find relief. Come on. But you ha- your inner dialogue is going to have to start coming to the idea of who God is. You're going to have to exchange. See, that's the whole thing about being born Again. You've got to rethink everything you've been taught by the world. Come on, are y'all with me? Exodus thirty-three, twelve. Moses says, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, let me know thy ways that I may know thee so that I may find favor in thy sight consider too that this nation is thy people. And he said, this is what God said, my presence shall go with you and will give you rest. Then he said to him, if thy presence, Moses said to God, if thy presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Listen, when we first get saved, our spirit man comes alive. And there becomes this inner dialogue on the inside of us because our flesh that is influenced by all these outward dialogues, come on, cosmopolitan, 17, queen, I mean, inquire, Fox News, CNN News, race baiting. Oh, come on, are y'all with me? Schools, woke. Oh, are y'all with me? Amen. All the drug companies take this pill and you're okay. Come on, your inner dialogue has got to start being lined up with the Word of God. Because your flesh and your spirit are in constant war at all times. I just want to fit in. Let me, let me just say this. Kids, if you're looking for favor with man, you'll never get the favor of God. I don't know who that's for, but I'm just telling you, if you're trying to win man's favor... It says the favor of the Lord is better than riches. You can have favor of men, but let me tell you something. The favor of God opens more doors than money ever will. See, when you heard the word for the first time, your spirit man came alive, and your flesh is always fighting that. I mean, why is it so hard to believe what God said in Exodus? I am the God that heals you, but yet we look everywhere else first. God said, I'm gonna take you to the promise, but yet our flesh is always fighting the promises. And here, God told Moses, I'm gonna give you the promised land. And in that promised land, it's flowing with milk and honey. Grapes are this big. I mean, it is the most amazing place. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to build it. You just got to believe me and I'm going to take you to it. And Moses spent time with God in God's and so much that Moses was willing to forfeit all of the fleshly stuff just to remain in the favor of God and in his presence. Come on. Moses was willing to give all that up. If your presence doesn't go, we ain't gonna have no rest. Man, let that soak in a minute. If we don't have your presence, we ain't got nothing. And nobody out there in the world knows anything about who you are. (laughs) Come on. See, his presence, when it comes on the inside of us through his word, it is always trying to make its way out to where we are have the godly character because, see, it's characters what people are going to look at. Mm. See, it's his presence where we find rest. God didn't say, I'm not going to go and exempt you from fighting. This is what we miss all the time. God says, my presence is going to go with you and you're going to have rest on your way to the battle. And if you can get your inner dialogue saying, God's given me this promise, then you're going to the battle in rest. And then your inner dialogue is this, what giant do I kill and what mountain needs to move? Your inner dialogue becomes what giant needs to be killed and what mountain needs to move. Okay, we're getting there. And you've got to say that over and over. You love me when I'm up. You love me when I'm down. Your love, it surrounds me. I can't get away. I can't outrun your love. I can't hide from it. It's chasing me down no matter how ugly and how miserable, come on, that we can become because we can become, come on, and the whole time his love is just chipping away. Come on, I'm right here. I haven't gone that far. Come on, let your inner dialogue start saying how much I love you. Let your inner dialogue start saying how much giants are going to fall. Come on. how? What's going on on the inside of you? Everything that the flesh craves, your inner dialogue has to, to line it up. Is that God or is that not God? Come on. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying grapes that big is bad. I wish I could grow a grape that big. All that stuff is not bad. The things that God wants to give you is not bad. But he wants your inner dialogue to be, I don't even need it. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 32, it says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering. Listen, all this conflict of suffering, when we get enlightened and when the word of God comes, there's a conflict. From outside and in our own being. There's this conflict, this war going on. It's not that we're exempt. It's just that God's saying, hey, this inner dialogue now has to start conforming to what the word is saying. Because this is who I am. And I want to get all of me in you. And as your faith is growing, come on, and you're changing and you're repenting, because here's what happened. Here's the the conflict on the inside of us is that his word is showing us how corrupt we really are. How easily wicked we can be. Come on. See, there is that battle always going on. Do we belong here? Do we belong here? Come on, how many times have you gotten saved and you, God, I don't know how you can save somebody like me. I don't know how you can use somebody like me. I don't know how, come on, we, everybody's been there. Listen, do we deserve it? No. (laughs) We don't. But God's divine grace and favor, when we come alive and we've seen the word and we know that we needed a Savior, it quickened us. And then all of a sudden, here comes this conflict in this. And we're having to resolve, hey, God said he was going to give me the promises. And so we begin that fight, that battle, that war. Come on. He first loved us. Look at what Matthew 10 16 says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. Listen, we are in the midst of wolves, ground clutter, all the outside dialogues trying to influence us, come on, to settle, to back up, to quit, to not have faith, To not believe. The outside dialogue wants wants you to believe that you're on your own and you can't change. The outside dialogue wants you to believe that you can't be healed, that you can't be delivered, that this situation, this circumstance is too big. Come on. You're in the midst of wolves. The ground clutter is the wolves trying to insert their opinions, their ideals, their agendas, their ideology contrary to God's Word. And that keeps you... Listen, that, that will keep you trying to process information that bears no fruit. When you don't take thoughts captive and line it up with the Word of God... It's trying to tell you, oh yeah, you're never going to be healed. God might do this for them, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. I'm not, come on, are y'all with me. He's trying to get your inner dialogue going that's contrary to the word of God to keep the word of God from bearing fruit and manifesting in your life. That's right. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I-, I want this to make sense because we're so inundated With all this outside ideology crap right now. There's just no other way to put that. Sorry if that word offends you. My old pulpit that Mike made used to say, don't say crap. (laughs) I do not have that anymore. (laughs) But that's just what it is. It's just a download of mess. Isaiah 55, 8. And this is where our perspective has to change about who God is. See, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. Our thoughts and our ways are not His. But we have to get the inner dialogue going to the point to where we commit, Proverbs 16, 3, where we commit our works to the Lord and they will be established. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. See, our thoughts and, our, and ways have to be agreeable in right alignment to his will, his ways, and he will establish us that we may possess and bear fruit. Wendy has a book that she has prayed over all our kids. And that book is in, I don't know how many different pieces. And I, you can't, and Pecus was even looking at, it and he was going, honey, what is it? That's what I've been praying over your uncles and daddy and aunts and it, all you grandkids. And I, That your will, your thoughts become agreeable to God. Ever since. Come on. That our thoughts and our ways, they have to be agreeable in right alignment to his will and ways. And he will establish us that we may possess and bear fruit. And let me tell you something there will be evidence of this. There's going to be evidence. Our life of faith and the inner dialogue that's going on inside of us, there is going to be evidence manifested in the natural. Because you can't at any time think that at some point you're not going to have to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus looked right at Peter, an outside dialogue, oh, may it never be, Lord, and had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to do what God sent me here to do even when it comes from somebody he loved and was closest to him, you're not gonna be an outside dialogue that's gonna keep me from doing what God has put on the inside of me and put me here to do. Come on. The enemy will try to use anybody and everybody that he can hire out. Peter's heart was for Jesus. Come on. But he was also looking at his own. Oh, may it never be. Please don't leave. And he's been with him three years. Been closest to him. When, when you read in the Bible, Jesus would take three people with him all the time somewhere, Peter, James, and John, the three radicalist ones, the three he had to keep a close eye on all the time. Come on. Who was cussing, cutting ears off, wanting to call fire down? Just, let's call fire down, Lord, and let's just wipe them all out. Yeah, DCC is kind of that way. Yeah. But Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's, see, that inner dialogue. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Come on. See, that's got to be our perspective. But let me tell you something. There is going to be evidence of what's going on in the side because Jesus said what you bind will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Listen, that's an inner dialogue. We're binding and loosing all the time. We're binding something, loosening something all the time. Our words, our inner dialogue, come on. There's going to be evidence that we've been binding Satan, casting him out, or loosen healing, loosen love, loosen finances, loosen off my marriage, loosen off my kids, come on. There's going to be some evidence of that. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. And this is what we're doing. This is that conflict resolution that's always taking place is the natural man, the things we see with our eyes, the things we feel. Feel the thing. Come on, how many times? You know, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, Ugh. you get old. You young people don't know yet. But you'll, you'll get that old man kind of back. It takes you a minute to get it worked out. Wendy goes, you're back hurting? I said, no, it's just, it'll get there. <laughs> huh? I mean the conflict resolution going on inside of me is that I'm still healed. I'm still whole. I know what God did for me. I'm going to fulfill the number of my days. Come on. (laughs) I'm going to keep speaking it. And that sounds like foolishness, but it's not. I'm going to keep going. Come on. Jesus said in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word I've spoken to you are spirit and are life. So the word of God has to be the inner dialogue producing life. Oh man, come on, that's good. See, words of life Produce life. Come on. You'll see signs of that. See, our carnal and natural mind will reason out God's miraculous mighty hand at work in our lives. We seen that last week when or the week before when the when they went in the promised land to spy it out. Ten of them come back and we're like, whoo man, there's giants and we look like grasshoppers in our sight and theirs. That's an inner dialogue that's all messed up. Come on. Their inner dialogue should have said, you told Moses that you would go with us and let's go. I can't wait to get there. Come on. See, we have to line up our thoughts with his ways and thoughts. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Mark 7, turn there. Verse 14. And after he called the multitude to him again, he began saying to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand there's nothing outside the man ...which going into him can defile him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And when, when leaving the multitude, he had entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also... Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. That's his character. Come on. For from within... Here he, here he just lays it out. From within, you, from, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornication, thefts, murders, adultery, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. He didn't say anything about food or drink or come on are y'all hearing me? He was talking about the thoughts and ideas that would manifest out here. There's things that we do, yeah. Smoking, dipping, drinking. Those things, they don't profit you anything. Come on. But that's not what defiles you. It's like Pastor Ronnie Trice used to say. Smoke is not going to send you to hell, but it may make you smell like you've been there. Come on, are y'all hearing me? But, and that's what, denominations have focused on for so long, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in where everybody ran up, throwed their snuff cans and their cigarettes at the altar to pick them back up in a week. If we would concentrate on the... Come on, are y'all hearing me? If we would concentrate on what's coming out of the heart and we would clean all this up first, everything else is... Come on, man. Are y'all with me? See, he's talking about our actions and our habits and our character. That's why the inner dialogue on the inside of us is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. By his stripes we were healed. He is the God that healeth thee. Come on. Matthew 5, 27. Go there. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? Because see, I want this to make sense. Because I'm telling you, this, is, this will change your life. When you start lining these, this inner dialogue up with God's word, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out. This is, <laughs> if everybody comes in here next week with a patch over your eye, you missed what's going on here. Come on, are you hearing me? He's telling us that it's our very thoughts that you better get a hold of. Yes. It's your thoughts you better get a hold of. Because when you start entertaining that thought, come on. Ooh, I can't do without her. Ooh, that look at that one. Well, mm, mm. mm. Don't you do it. You take that thought captive. That ain't mine. I got one already. You hear me? When I seen her for the first time, I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. That's what attracted me to her, yes. I'll never forget it. Still see it. That good-looking woman right there, Mm mm-mm. That's gonna be mine. Come on. But you can't entertain those thoughts outside all the time. I can't carry that same come on, are y'all with me? Right. Jesus said, You better get get hold of that. <laughs> Isn't she pretty? What? It's like I heard a guy one time. He said, we was at a rodeo, and Glenn Smith. Y'all have to know Glenn Smith. He was the one who started the whole uh, cowboy church, you know, deal back. Well, he was just going to rodeos, and he was rough. And and this guy gets up and he said. Yeah, I've been struggling with lust and pornography and all that. And he said, Now I just look at them as like a pretty flower. And I mean, every, all these guys are like, Oh, amen, that's real good. Well, Glenn Smith gets up. <laughs> he's, you oh know, Glenn, he's sitting there and he said, What the <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. He's like, You better take that dog captive. A beautiful flower. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I laugh. Everybody laughed. See, the evil thoughts that haven't been through that process of resolving or answering that if this is God or this is not God, if you're not careful, they'll birth sin. Come on. Look in James chapter 1. Come on, we're learning some valuable warfare here. James chapter one, verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Come on. Each one, so you have to watch what you're looking at. And that conflict resolution has to start going, wait a minute, that ain't God. Come on. This is the woman that God prepared before the foundations of the earth for me. Come on. Me and her come together as one and fulfill what God called on our life. Come on. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. Better not. Better not. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always that. Know that your woman. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. She will. In a second. In a second. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> and got back up see unresolved thoughts they become actions, they become words and they become action. James three verse four it was so cool we had we had a me and Pecos were burning off pasture next to us, and I mean. We I don't we probably burnt four or five hundred acres over there. So if you kinda of smell the char in the air, yeah. But it, it it would at times it would just get, sorry, Lacey. Lacey likes to take pictures over there, but it'll be pretty when, when it grows back. Yeah. But it 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 would get just I mean it would get scary, you know. And <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sis. I started to call you and say, don't panic. We're, we're control burning it. Yeah. And, and uh, but it would get going in and, and Pecos he goes he goes, "Man, what a big fire that started just off of just a little lighter. I said, "Brother, that's James. Look what it says in James. We had a little lesson, a Bible lesson, burning. James chapter 3, verse 4. Behold, the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. And this is what I told him. Behold, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. Let me tell you something. He'll never forget that. So we had a dialogue for a little while of how when you say, I hate you, or you're stupid, or you're dumb, or you're, come on, you got to put it on their level. Come on, they could get it. Who's piloting your tongue? Is the Holy Ghost? Is that inner dialogue? Is the Word of God that's coming out of you when your tongue begins to speak? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Are you, come on, are you negative all the time, or are you speaking the word of God? Come on. How small a rudder. How small a rudder that guides and directs a ship. Have you ever seen them pirate movies where they get in the storm and they go and they'll tie the helm off? Come on, you may have to tie that thing off, but tie it off. That's what Jesus was saying. You, you better pluck it out. You do whatever you got to do. Be quick to listen. You be slow to speak. You make sure what's coming out of your mouth is the word of God and then it's going to produce life and it's not going to produce death. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, even she gets it. <laughs> you go, Ava. How vital is it to get this under control of the Holy Spirit? Come on. That you may be driven in the right direction. Come on. Look at <laughs> The inner dialogue must be God's word in every situation and circumstance. Bring, bringing his presence into the situation so that you can have rest. Because I'm telling you, there's madness going on right now. And we need to bring God's word into the situation. Hebrews chapter 4. Look what it says. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. How powerful is that? Jack, I'm going to need you guys to come back up. Reno, Angie, everybody. Everybody. Yes. Your love surrounds me. His word. See, his word is going down in us and there's this inner dialogue that's taking place and it's cutting away. Come on. This is God, this ain't God. This is God, this ain't God. This is trash, this is truth. This is trash, this is truth. This is trash, this is truth. Come on. And here's what I've learned to do. If it sounds scary and unreasonable, usually it's God. If it sounds foolish... Usually, sometimes, I'm just telling you, most of the time, if it's scary, unreasonable, come on. God's going, I'm bigger than that. You're limiting me. Don't limit me. Just because of your age, don't limit me. Come on, we like to age ourselves and we like to limit ourselves Is oh, well, I'm just I'm just getting older and I can just kind of glide up. Kick that thought out. I watch my daddy walking around that ranch, weed eating the ranch. The ranch. Yeah. Mowing the ranch. Yeah, 86. Come on. Mowing, weed eating, so he can go fishing. Come on. What you gonna... He's still getting, he's still conquering his mountain. I want that. My eighty, my sixty year old mama <laughs> walking miles and praying. She still walks and prays. Come on, that's an inner dialogue saying, I still got something to do. I still gonna make an impact. I've still, come on. Yes, yes. He's gonna heal my body. Because let me tell you, our family comes under attack. Your family comes under attack. And let me tell you, I take it vitally and violently personal when my family comes under attack. You want to know why I rejoice? It's when this one comes up, opens his hands up, and worships God when my kids break to God and come on just being transparent here come on man we got things to do the devil knows we got things to do that's why he's always attacking that's why he's always trying to tell us well, you stepped out God's not going to do I don't know if God will or I don't know I know he can but I don't know if he will come on anybody ever had that dialogue I'm telling you I've had that dialogue a lot of times God I know you can but God will you here's here's what he says I already have come on stand. I already have I already have done it. I've already forgiven you of all your iniquities. I've already healed you of all your sicknesses and all your diseases. I am the God that heals thee. The God that delivers you. The God that sets you free. I am Him. 2 Corinthians 2 uh, Ten, 3, it says, 5, it says, we're destroying speculation, every lofty thing that raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Come on, this morning, this altar's open, and you take those thoughts and those speculations captive and you bring them into the obedience of Christ. You say, God, I will get my healing. I will worship and I will praise you no matter if I'm up or no matter if I'm down. You'll still love me even when till I'm found, man. God is big enough to fix every situation in every circumstance. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And the enemy is always trying to get a fortress built so that you don't receive. Oh man, I gotta go back to 2 Chronicles 16.9 Oh man, you gotta see this second chronicles 169 look what it says for the eyes of the lord they move to and fro through the earth you got to get this that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his he says you've acted foolishly in this Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. Come on, how important is it that we get the inner dialogue lined up? Come on, that we res- that we resolve the conflict. Come on, that's going on so that our heart knows that he's looking. And what is he looking for? Come on, he's looking for the same thing that the one who purifies the gold and gets the drink. He's looking for His reflection. And when our heart is His, He looks upon us and He sees us praising. Even when we're lost and when we feel like we can't be found, when we're being pushed under and we're still praising, then God looks down, He sees His reflection, and He strongly supports on earth. Come on, man. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you want to know what the will of God is, reflect His glory. When the enemy's got you so pressed down and trying to destroy you, when you can just open up your heart, it says, He loves me. He loves me when I'm lost. He loves me till I'm found. I can't get away. He looks down and he sees himself. He says, that's my job.
1: Ever since he's been talking about love, when David and I first got married because I know me, I couldn't believe that he would love me the way that he loved me. And every time that he would say that he loved me, I'd say, no, you don't. And he'd be like, yeah, I do. And what I was really, it took me years to figure this out, is that how could you? I know me. I have flaws. I've messed up. I'm imperfect. There's so many better people out there than me. But this is what God wants you to know, is that you may be sitting there thinking, No, he doesn't love me. But really what you're saying is how could he? He could because he did. He loved you so much that he went to the cross. If it was religion that he was after, he could have stayed in heaven. He is after a relationship with you. That is the one thing that you can't do for yourself is save yourself. He is after a relationship with you. He was after a relationship with me. And he wants you to know, yes, I can, and I did.